Welcome in to Defeating the Curse. The Redskins are 4-2 and two and all alone atop the NFC East. And sometimes lonely can be a beautiful thing. My name is Joe. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Stevie's going to join me here in just a second as we break down the Redskins' huge win over the Cowboys defending FedEx Field, which is something I never thought I'd say, beating the Cowboys in dramatic fashion and, frankly, winning a game that they really probably didn't deserve to win. Lots of mistakes. Most notably, Alex Smith running out of bounds to stop the clock late in the fourth quarter. But a lot of lucky bounces, too. A couple of uh, turnovers generated, one by a helmet, DJ Swearinger, one by Ryan Kerrigan. Welcome back to the team. Ryan, it's been, uh, it, it, we, it seems like we haven't called your name all season. So welcome back to you. And uh, look, this team played well enough to win. And the MVP has got to be the 35 year old running back. He's not 35, maybe he's 34. Or 32. I don't even know how old he is. But Adrian Peterson, without him, I don't think we win any of these games. So with that, hail to the Redskins. I mean, big win, right, Stevie? 425 start. I'm able to have my brunch. Uh, rivalry game. No, no, no. I'm all in. Completely over. Watch the whole thing uh, painfully at times. Uh, and I, you didn't ask me this, but I'll jump right in. This is the most empty 4-2. I mean, this is that that hot girl at the bar flirting with you when you got to be home by 10 to put the kids to bed. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this is totally empty four and two. I mean, this, this is the worst four and two I've ever seen. And it's really for one reason and one reason only is the offense. We've seen the best of the offense. And I think, uh, you know, what are you dumb and dumber FP and LP can make the argument. They're always Mr. Positive that, you know, they're going to get better and get better. No, no, no. This is the best that we have at the offense, on the offensive side, and it's a sad situation. Well, it's not exciting. It's not an exciting brand of football, and certainly even as Redskins fans, like it's not. We have been tormented offensively and defensively, I guess, for several several years. But most recently, the last couple of years, offense was the only thing that we would talk about, right? Kirk Cousins was, I mean, he was he was a doer. He'd go out there and sling the ball. You know, he'd go 4,000-plus yards every year. Yeah, he would make some mistakes, and certainly the, the, the knocks on him are true, and we, we've even seen that a little bit in Minnesota this year. But you look at this Redskins team, and the offense is anemic. It's terrible. Uh, how many games, you know, if, if six weeks ago we said on a, on a good day Alex Smith is going to complete 14 passes for under 200 yards and a touchdown, most of us would have said that's not going to be enough. But on the flip side here, the defense is really, really good. This defense is, the numbers are not, this is not a mirage. This is not some like smoke and mirror thing. This Redskins defense is really good. Josh Norman may be the worst player on the field as far as the defensive unit is concerned. Uh, you know, and it's, it's annoying now because I notice how many times he's caught out of position. He does that opening his hips thing to the inside and then gets beat to the outside. And it happened a couple times on Sunday too. But this front seven, I mean, we finally got, we finally heard from Ryan Kerrigan. Preston Smith finally did yeah. something, right? Like, a lot of things just happen, but the pressure from the big guys up front. And there's a, a, an amazing clip. Did you see uh, how far Matt uh, Ionitis threw Ionitis. Zeke? It was incredible. 
It was incredible. Yeah. So the offense, yes. In, and there's a lot. I'm sure LP and FP are going to – you're right. They would say, well, Alex Smith didn't have his full complement of weapons. And I would respond by saying even, even at full strength, it's not a very good offensive unit. It's just not. There isn't – there aren't weapons. I mean, they're – you say weapons. They're acting like Paul Richardson's an Uzi. He's a box cutter, okay? I mean, what weapons are we talking about here? I mean, yeah, and so, yes, if we want to stay positive on this and it's a beautiful day out here in D.C. today, then, yeah, we go defense. We go front seven. We go – uh, those two uh, Bama boys in the middle, I mean, they're causing havoc. I mean, it's such a difference. We've heard about it all along when you push the pocket and quarterbacks aren't able to step up. I mean, wh- like, why couldn't Dana Stubblefield do this? <laughs> I mean, this is incredible. This, this is unbelievable what a difference it makes when a quarterback's not able to step. And we saw this with the Giants, with the Four Horsemen, when they were winning Super Bowls, when they were pressuring Brady in the Super Bowl, where, you know, they would rush from the middle and they would collapse the pocket i mean everyone's an edge rusher these days i mean kerrigan and preston smith are great don't get me wrong but they are replaceable i mean they i mean you you can get guys to, to rush off the edge but what you can't get are these two big boys in the front to really collapse that pocket not allow guys to step into throws not allow guys to have clear lanes to throw it and that's making all the difference and the other thing they're doing is they are when you talk about, I, I don't know, you got a box score in front of you. I don't know what Zeke did, but he couldn't have averaged more than three yards of carry uh, for what no, they did to him. So they, are, they are doing change. I mean, 15, okay. 15 carries for 33 yards, as longest I think was eight or nine, maybe. I, I'm not sure. It, it wasn't a very good performance. But Amazing. Frank, what, did, what did he do in years past? Jeez. Oh, he, he's, he's torched the skins in years past. He torches everybody, right? Even when they lose, he always looks good. I mean, he's the best offensive player on that team. And the skins came in, and I'll give I'll give Minuski and the defensive coaches a lot of credit here. They they stepped up. I mean, they they basically said, "Hey, Zeke isn't going to beat us. Let's see if this Dak kid can actually do anything." Now we know he can't, and now now we're a hundred percent sure. He, I mean, Dak is not the guy who's going to go out there sling the ball fifty times. He just you, the Cowboys can't win games. Uh, like he's got a number one receiver coming his way. Let's let's let's, oh, let's, let's pump the brakes. I know you have. Pump- you, uh, you pump the brakes. Okay. You have a huge man crush. People should know. People should know how, how in the tank you are for Amari Cooper. But this guy over the last 20 games, barely 700 yards over, over the last 20 games. He and, and frankly, he's downgrading a quarterback. He's leaving a better quarterback in Oakland than where he's going to be going in Dallas. So you get a bigger he's spotlight. He's upgrading systems. It's a whole environment. Not really. Why? Not really. No, no. I, I'm I just say it. it, it, it dysfunction in Oakland. Oakland's a mess. Let's not uh, compare yeah, Dallas. Dallas. I mean, Dallas isn't necessarily, uh, you know, it, they're not firing on all cylinders either, right? I mean, they this was a winnable game for them. It really was. And frankly, every Redskins fan, whether you're watching on TV, on tape delay, in person, whatever, we saw, when we saw them line up for that, the the field goal to tie, frankly, somewhere around the 13, when, whenever we went up with a two-score lead, I remember on our, you know, just in, uh, on our on our DTC like thread, every one of us said, "Yeah, this is this is where it all comes off. Like, this is where the wheels come off, right?" Yeah, we we managed to get two scores ahead, but this isn't enough. There's a whole fourth quarter. We can't score in the fourth. Let's just brace for doom, and that's almost what happened. I mean, that that field goal, that field goal had it been who knows? Was it icing? Was it the the phantom? I, I'm not super clear on what is a penalty and what isn't a penalty when you move the ball. Cause that long snapper was doing it all game. Like that's his thing. Like I, I don't necessarily care at the end of the day because 
the field goal didn't go in, and the Redskins got to walk off victorious, which just hasn't happened much against this team under this coaching staff, regardless of the pieces. Well, what, what, what you should care about, what everyone should care about, and we don't have enough time to break down this uh, in its totality, but that three and out before Dallas had the opportunity was atrocious. Run, run, Alex Smith scramble out of bounds, stop the clock run. That's right. I mean, that just – we saw that coming from a mile away. I mean, we've been watching the Redskins for years now. We saw that coming from a mile away, and that's disastrous. I mean, you look at all these good teams, the Patriots, the Packers. Uh, all these teams can go out and get a first down when they need it. I mean, that – this is essential. I mean, they're not a playoff team if you can't do that. So I don't care what the record says. What well, I, we saw on well, offense. They coming. are. I mean, this division is so bad that you're going to, you know, you're right. Alex Smith didn't get enough heat for, for his poor decision-making at the end of the game to run out of bounds. Like, you're not going to get the first. Just slide. You're like, do something. Let the clock run a little bit more. Like, he, he, no one's killing him for it because ultimately they won the game. But, you know, that was that was one of those moments where, again, every Redskins fan was just like, oh, my, here we go. This is the end. Here comes doom. But, you know, let, let's talk about some of the other things that went right. Adrian Peterson, without him on the team, without 300-year-old Adrian Peterson on this team, the Redskins don't have any of these four wins. Like, that's not a hot take. It's just, that's just my read. Like, the games that he's played well, closed in on that 100 yards, one touchdown or multiple, are the games that we've won. The games that he's played poorly, has, you know, with a, with a low per carry average, hasn't been able to get through the line. Those are the games we've lost. So, or in, in New Orleans, in the, in the case against the Saints, he just didn't touch the ball enough. But this guy is the MVP of the team through six weeks or through six games. And I don't think there's a close second. Uh, on the offensive side, there is no second. It's, he is options one through 11 on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, defensively, maybe there's a few other names that pop up. But Adrian Peterson still looks really good. That jump cut is um, It looks good. Yeah. I mean, it's good enough. It's it's better than what we've I had. mean, we're 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 we're, too, we're talking about the, you're acting like he's Walter Payton. He's averaging 40 yards a carry. I mean, he's got to carry it 28 times to get 100 yards. I mean, yeah, he's good. The only reason he's good is because our rest of our offense sucks. The only reason he's he's winning us games is because our passing offense. I mean, he shouldn't get 28 opportunities because we should be slinging the ball. I mean, welcome to the NFL in 2018, which is setting every scoring record known to man. And we're sitting here talking about Joe Gibbs 3.0. I mean, this is – come on. Like, this is going to fade, and this is going to end badly if they don't find a way to turn this offense around. And you know what? They're not going to find a way. Do you at least agree that he's the best running back we've had in the last five years? Is he better than <sighs> Alf Morris is the next best running back on this list? How far was Liddell Betts ago? <laughs> that was a long time. <laughs> that was a long time. I, somebody tweeted a picture of a Ryan Terrain jersey on the sidelines. <laughs> oh, I, saw, I also saw a Reed Dottie jersey. I don't know what, I don't know what people are This is what happened. When you just, Stop. You stop promoting, like, I don't know what, like, this is the, like, yes, it's great that it was full of Redskins fans, or the building wasn't full, the stadium wasn't full, but there was more Redskins fans than Cowboys fans, which is a nice change of pace, and uh, they gave away a ton of tickets, but this is what happens when you give away tickets, right? You get some guy with number one fan on his back, or, uh, you know, or whoever, random jersey, you know, Brandon Lloyd jersey, like, nobody, nobody, 
we we try to block these things out. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you, so AP for me is the offensive MVP of this team. Defensively, DJ Swearinger had, had himself a game. This guy is is. I'm, I'm surprised that he that Arizona let him walk. I'm I'm super thrilled that he's on our team. Uh, I, we had one guy comment on our uh, you know at us on Twitter, basically saying, "Make this guy a Redskin for life. Pay him whatever he wants. Lifetime contract for him." Like he plays with the right intensity. He's got the right like demeanor for this team. I think the fans respond to him. And frankly, I, I mean, he, he, he stripped, he stripped Dak. I mean, that was a big part of the game that no one, again, no one talks about like the second strip sack fumble recovery touchdown. You know, we've talked about that one at nauseum, but I mean, Swearinger really did set a tone early on in that game. And even before he, he got, uh, he got to Dak and stripped the ball. If you remember, I think it was on their opening possession. He, he tried to intercept the ball, landed out of bounds, but did yeah, something crazy. crazy. From the very beginning of the game, he set a tone. Like and he, he announced that he was present. I mean, he could have let that ball go, right? He didn't have to try to complete the play. But he not only did he catch it, he flipped and bounced right back up, and it was like, and basically started jabbing. So, like, I, I love the way he plays, and he's again, he's probably the best safety we've had on this team, you know, since uh, since twenty one. Yeah, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to think, you know, LaRon had his moments, but he never strung two or three <laughs> or four games. Like, come on, there's no way. Like, he, he I mean, I, and I understand. Like, LaRon was brought in to play opposite Sean Taylor, and it never, it never happened. But, I mean, ha, can you remember a safety that's been this this good on the Redskins team going back? Well, I'll tell you, well, Sua looked good for those 28 minutes he played at safety. Well, before, that, that was before or after he tried his hand at linebacker. Or was that before? It was before he handed out jerseys at a GameStop or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm with you on on Swearinger. I mean, he's playing just really well. He's absolutely playing well, and I think top. You know, if you look at every line of this defense, what did we think going into the season early on? What was going to be the Achilles heel of this defense? The secondary, and Quentin Dunbar has made us eat those words. I mean, Quentin Dunbar is the number one DB on this team. Josh Norman is doing what he's supposed to be doing over these last couple of games. But Swearinger, uh, Dunbar, Norman, I mean, they've really stepped up, not allowed. Obviously, they haven't played, you know, world changers. And, and they had A-Rod when he was a little bit hurt. But, uh, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And they ain't going to be playing any, you know, world burners in the next couple of games anyway. So this defense should only continue to get better especially with these young guys. I mean, these young guys are going to get better as the season goes on. Deron Payne is going to get better. Jonathan Allen playing a full season, hopefully is going to get better. Um, yeah, so my, this heart, season, my heart stopped when he, uh, when he was slow to get up. I don't know what they did on the sideline. They put him back in. He, he seems fine. And every, I mean, everything looks like he's going to pointing to him playing uh, this upcoming week. So yeah, I think we avoided disaster there, but this uh, you're right. The secondary was, was where we were most nervous. And Norman, look, like Norman, it's a catch-22 with him, right? Because if they're, if they're not throwing at him, you can't hold him accountable for not making plays if he doesn't, if he's never being challenged to make a play. Now, where he gets himself into trouble is when he cheats and gets burned, which we saw, obviously, with the Saints. Uh, and we saw, him, we saw him give up some easy passes, too, this past Sunday to, to Dak. And uh, I don't even remember what that, that receiver's name was. So, you know, had Amari Cooper been not, You still think they're not throwing to him? I think that's a myth. I think that, that that part of his life is over. He, he only defended three passes. So, I mean, that's that's not a lot of targets, right? Like, that's not 
Like, can you imagine you're, you're out there for four quarters, you only get the ball thrown at you times? I think if you took a survey of the quarterbacks, I don't think anyone's afraid of throwing at Josh Norman, at least not the way they are of, I don't know, Patrick Peterson or, or some of these other guys. I think those I, days are over. I I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you there. Although there is a rumor that Patrick Peterson's on the block, as is uh, Larry Fitzgerald, as is one Demarius Thomas. On the I, I want DT. I'm telling you. That's a DT big, will be cheaper it, than Cooper. Well, everyone, you're cheaper than Cooper. Everyone is cheaper <laughs> than Cooper. I mean, that guy just set the bar for how, I, I mean, they, I, I don't understand what Dallas is doing good enough a first round pick for him. Uh, like I understand, like I get, I guess, I guess the only way to defend it, he's what he's under 25 years old with two Pro Bowl seasons to his credit. Um, okay, like fine, but a first round pick, especially considering what the Patriots, the Patriots gave up, uh, you know, a bag of popcorn by comparison to, uh, you know, to get um, to get Josh Gordon. So I, uh, I'm not really sure what, I'm not really sure what Dallas is thinking or what Dallas is doing. Given up that 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 kind of draft pick for a, a player who just hasn't done it on the field, and frankly, I don't know if you're Amari Cooper, are you excited to go play with Dak? Oh, I mean, you're excited to get out of Oakland. You're excited to get out of uh, whatever's going on in Oakland. Um, I mean, the, the the weird thing about it is Dallas is acting like they're in a win now, like one piece away from a championship situation. That's exactly not what they are. I mean, I know it could be more the opposite. So terrible. Yeah, but you don't want to waste the years of, of Zeke and, and Dak, uh, so you do what you can. But Dallas is not one piece away. Dallas is not four pieces away. Well, I mean, Demarius in a Redskins jersey would look really good to me. Uh, you know, I, apparently the, the Redskins had offered a third-round pick for Amari, but you know, if you can get if you can get Demarius for a fifth or some cash or something, I'd rather I'd rather have Demarius. He, I mean, he's he's further along in his career. He's not going to go run past everybody. But frankly, that's Alex Smith isn't the guy who's going to throw it 60 yards, right? He's not. That's not his game. So give me the possession receiver, the 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 you know the Pierre Garcon that we don't have on this team. Now Demarius is he's better than where Pierre is right now in his career, but you just need somebody to run a seven yard out and catch the ball consistently, right? Somebody who can separate a little bit. Uh, the funny thing is, I know I'm going to start a whole other podcast with this right now. Let's we should table this for another time. But we, I think right now looking at this team as presently constructed are one piece away from being serious contenders. The problem is that piece is quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Minnesota will trade Alex Smith for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> well, you're assuming you get a receiver, right? You're assuming that the receiver, the receivers that we have are not, not good enough. I'm saying if captain Kirk was on this team, I know. I know, I know. I sound like Grant Paulson right now. You can't get over Kirk. But if Kirk Cousins was on this team with an actual running back, with finally a running game that looks somewhat serviceable, and, man, I, I tell you what, we'd be a hell of a lot scarier 4-2. and two. We'd still probably be 4-2, and two, but we'd be a lot scarier. And then you go and get your Demarius Thomas, and then now you're, you're talking about a lethal team. Right now, Alex Smith is the ceiling for this offense, and that's – the sad reality of things, and that's not going to change. You know what? It's not going to change, right? Like he's yeah, not gonna exactly. This is what like the best you're going to get out of Alex Smith moving forward is you know 18 completions, 220 yards, and hopefully a touchdown, no picks, which may be enough if if somehow like I'm just waiting for like Adrian Peterson to get hurt, then we have a huge problem on our hands. But um, in any case, 
Give me your, uh, I mean, big win for the Redskins. Let's let's end it there. They got a big one coming up again, but four and two, first place in the NFC East. After six games, I think we would have all taken it. And really, if you really look at this, the indie game they should have had too, right? This is a potentially, it's crazy to say, but a five and one team through six games. So um, they're look, they're better, they're trending up, or at least higher than where we had pegged them at the beginning of the season. So, but let's go NFL big picture here. Give me your low, your your five worst teams in the league. I'll give you mine first. I'll give you mine first. I'm going to go in descending order. The absolute worst team, or let's go in, de- yeah, in descending order. So at 29 or 28, whatever it is, I'm going to take the Bills. I'm going to take the 49ers. The Raiders at 30. The Giants are completely, they're just trash at 31. And the Cardinals at 32. And the only team I really want to talk about are the Giants. I don't understand how that team has fallen off so far in the spin. Like, I know they only won like two games or whatever it was uh, last season or the year before. But Eli has fallen so far off that even with talent at receiver, a healthy Evan Ingram at tight end, a a stud running back in Saquon Barkley, he just, he has aged poorly and very rapidly. The Giants are an absolute mess. But, um, I mean, at one and six, maybe, actually, I'm going to change my mind. They're the worst team in the league. The Cardinals at least still have some talent at skill positions, um, and they have a legitimate reason to suck in that they're, they're starting a rookie quarterback. But the Giants don't have any excuse to be one and six at this point. They are terrible across the board. Uh, I, I think you omitted the Bills. No, I took the Bills. Let's, I took the, the Bills. Bills. Okay, let, I mean, it, there's no surprise about these crappy teams. I mean, let's talk about Josh Allen, C.J. Beathard, uh, uh, crying Derek Carr. Uh, I mean, you look at these quarterbacks, and these are the worst teams in the league. Sam Darnold, I mean, Jets, Bills, Niners. I mean, this is a quarterback-driven league. You have a bad quarterback. You have a terrible team. Okay. Where do you put the skins? I'm curious. Where do you put them? Top 10, top 15? No, I I think they are exactly 15th. I think they are the most mediocre team. I mean, 4-2 and is really – they're, you know, a couple plays away from 3-3. and They are the essence of mediocrity, uh, top 15th. All right, let's go. Let's go top five in the NFL. After now that the week is over with the games with the Monday night game last night, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chargers at five. I'm gonna go Patriots at four, Chiefs at three, Saints at two, and Rams at one. I think the Rams are the only one that's 100% clear cut. That's a complete team. Rams are the best team in football. They are well coached, talent. They got everything. The only thing they don't have is a home crowd. That's okay. It's LA. Especially basketball season now. I mean, it's going to be suffering right now. Although the Lakers, the Lakers are terrible. They're 0-3. They're scoring 125 points and can't win a game. You know better than me, Joe. L.A. <laughs> show up for the Lakers game if they're 0-70. Uh, yeah. Rams are the best team in football. Kansas City is the most exciting team in football. New England is the most stable, consistent team in football. And then I'll give you Saints look good. But let me throw in the Vikings, okay, because – uh, if you got a quarterback like Kirk and the weapons that he's got, I think the Vikings can make a run. You're talking four, two, and one, a play away from being five and one. Uh, I think the Vikings are going to uh, go deep in the playoffs. But they lost to the Bills and a rookie quarterback. It's hard. It's hard to put them ahead of a team like, for me, the Chargers. The Chargers, uh, I know nobody watches the Chargers. I know, I know. But that's a really good team also. That's a really we, we good team. We lost to the Colts. They're, they're, I mean, week in and week out league. Well, let's leave it right there. Thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Joe. 
Steve joined me on this podcast. This has been DTC. Hail to the Redskins, 4-2, first place in the NFC East. Let's enjoy it while we can. HTTR. We are out.